The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. DeRozan with plenty of time. Five seconds, DeRozan on the drive and kick from the corner. Van Vliet, Van Good, a two. The Raptors lead with 1.1 to play. McGrady will make the pass. McGrady looking, looking, looking. Loops it in. Carter's going to get a shot off. He does. Got it! Ross and Amir. Here's Jose. Three seconds. Gets it to DeRozan. DeRozan's fading. What a tough shot. And it goes! Well, welcome to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bassetti. Joined as always, or not joined today, is Brian Boak. Instead, we have on contributor Jordan Scoos. Jordan, how you doing? Not bad, Mike. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, a lot happier after the Celtic or the Raptors results. So, um, looks like we'll finally get that one seed. Um, Jordan, what were your kind of thoughts, I guess, on the Raptors clinching the one seed? Well, I mean, now that the magic number's down to one, it's kind of all but official. And, uh, you know, like we were talking about uh, before we got going on here, uh, you know, it was a good win against Boston, uh, you know, defended home court after, you know, some uh, some not so great results. But, you know, that, that victory uh, still didn't do a ton for me in terms of, uh, you know, proving that in a playoff setting, uh, when the chips are down, the Raptors can best LeBron. So, you know, uh, it's a good result, but still, uh, still work to be done. Clearly, yeah, um, yeah, a lot of work to be done, and it's simply uh, this number one seed you would have thought was all but wrapped up a yeah. couple weeks ago. So it's great that I think, from kind of a mentality um, perspective, you aren't you didn't blow that one seed in the final like, couple weeks because. That's not something that you want to have on your mindset yeah. going into the playoffs after blowing a huge lead. But it's the Raptors still haven't played great basketball as of late, and I don't think that all your problems go away. 
No, I mean, I, I certainly think it, you know, uh, you know, we're, we'd be stupid to, to be on here talking about, you know, how, you know, the number one seed is not a huge accomplishment for the Raptors and it's going to help them throughout the playoffs as far as they go. But uh, again, you know, this whole season's kind of been about, uh, you know, what do they do uh, when they're ultimately faced with, uh, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers in a playoff setting once again. And, you know, for as great a regular season as they had, the last two meetings, uh, specifically the most recent one, is kind of, you know, brought back a lot of old uh, nightmare thoughts of, of Raptor fans, which is like, you know, can we beat this guy? Do we have uh, what it takes to beat this guy four to seven times, uh, regardless of where the game is played? Yeah. And before uh, we go in any further and break down the game, I guess let's start with the week's games, as always. Um, the Raptors played the Boston Celtics the first time around on uh, Saturday. They lost that game 110-99. to 99. It was a close game pretty much all throughout. The At the end or middle of the fourth quarter, the Celtics started to pull away. Jordan, did you have any big takeaways from that game mostly? Um, well, I think that they just got stymied in the fourth quarter, right, actually. And one of the things I was just, I was actually just looking at their schedule. Um, and, you know, that the Boston loss followed by the Cleveland loss was the first time they lost consecutive games since, like, um, January 13th, January 13th and January 15th when they lost yeah. to Golden State and Philly. So, you know, they had a, they had a heck of a run there. But, uh, no, I mean, they just, they, they kind of, I mean, Boston threw a zone at them uh, in the fourth that kind of, you know, got them back on their heels. And, you know, it was one of those games where the bench didn't didn't lift them up as much as, you know, I think the Raptors have come to expect them to do uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, so, you know, I mean, give credit to Boston. I mean, they, they beat Toronto on Saturday. Um, and, you know, the Raptors came back and, and beat Boston on their home court. So, you know, that's... I, I think home court will play a lot more into the Raptors' favor in a series like Boston, in a series against Boston, um, Cleveland. Uh, I, I really don't think it's going to have that much uh, that much of an advantage um, because of the LeBron factor. You know, I, I mean that guy can play a game on Mars and uh, and beat beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, and and Boston, I obviously, with Kyrie going down now, I think that puts a wrench into their plans. Yeah, that to me that's kind of the the elephant in the room. The Celtics, if they did get to the Raptors, um, I don't think the Raptors would have much of a problem facing them. No. In that game versus on Saturday, you saw Brad Stevens, and to be frank, Brad Stevens coached circles around Coach Casey that game. Yeah. And yeah. running that zone to me, it was weird. I thought he was going to save that for the playoffs just in case kind of like a – break the glass in a case of emergency situation there. It was weird to me. He pulled it out during the regular season, um, especially when getting the one seed was kind of a long shot anyways. Yeah. But he also ran out these lineups that were just huge. They had lineups where they had uh, Al Horford, Greg Monroe, Morris, and Ojale. I mean, in today's NBA, that's two centers and oh. two power forwards on the court at the same time. Yeah, and, well, and I... <laughs> No, you're you're you're, you're bang on. No, I was just gonna say you're bang on. I mean, you know, they, they Stevens goes ahead and does that. Meanwhile, how many times as Raptor fans have we kind of watched and went, you know, is 
are you, are you going to put JV back in the game? Like, you know, we, we seem so hesitant to have, you know, one, let's call him traditional center. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Stevens in the fourth quarter trotted out a lineup that, like you said, had two. Uh, and, you know, they, they kind of uh, dominated the Raptors. Um, you know, I, I would love, uh, kind of dovetailing into JV, I would love uh, Casey to, to take, you know, to, to, to a point ignore some of the uh, defensive matchups that JV uh, brings when he's on the floor and instead take advantage of JV's offensive matchups. Because more often than not, he's got a, he's got a, a mismatch on the offensive end. Uh, you know, ne- never mind what he may lack on the defensive side. Uh, JV is almost the Raptors' best third option as a scorer uh, over Ibaka. Um, so, you know, I'd like to see JV close games a little more. Uh, I'd like to see Casey try and get a little more creative with the way they, uh, with the way he uses uh, Valanchunas. Um, you know, that's that's just kind of that's just kind of my two cents on uh, on that. Uh, I think he's I think he's got a ton of uh, you know upside uh, come the playoffs. And JV, that is. And and not to plug my own stuff, but I got an article coming out next week on the Raptors. I sometimes I think we could get more imaginative with our lineups. Um, JV and Jakob Pertl have played zero minutes together this season. With, with 80, an 82-game season, especially when you're in commanding control of some of the games, why not try to run out a super big lineup one night and a small lineup with Pascal at center the other? Um, I think that because we have depth across pretty much all five position, uh, positions, Coach Casey feels the need to run out traditional units. But sometimes I think playing these super small or super big lineups can be uh, – it puts the onus on the other team to match up to you instead of just playing a traditional lineup. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I find, I find sometimes Casey's very reactive in his lineup decisions rather than kind of, you know, uh, making the other coach react to something that he does, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah, makes you know sense. What? I, yeah, like I, I, just, I find he's – He's very reactive uh, sometimes with how he manages his lineups. Because I agree with you. You know, I think there are times where, you know, you should just, you know, you should throw at a lineup where, you know, Raptors fans will be looking at first and going like, what? What is this? But, you know, give it time. Um, You know, Pascal at the five. um, Absolutely. There's, you know, I've always thought, you know, what would DeLon look like, you know, at small forward in certain lineups? Uh, You know. And they actually did the last game versus Celtics. They ran that super small lineup where it was four round one. And yeah. I'm not sure why we don't do that more often. Agreed. Or, or even little things like playing Pascal and Ibaka together and switching across positions. I don't understand why we feel so boxed into having to play the same lineups with the same people. Obviously, you want to build chemistry with people, and now isn't the time to start experimenting. But you have 82 games. There's no reason that you can't trot out a lineup that – to be frank, doesn't even make sense, but you just see what happens. Um, exactly. I think you see that happen all the time with uh, the Spurs. They do this where they throw out a lineup, and then Popovich knows that it probably won't be successful, but he's just throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what sticks. Exactly. Oh no, I I I, I 100% agree with you. And you know, hopefully over the over these last four games, uh, you know, with with the magic number being one and all. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking here, I'm circling, you know, Sunday, April 8th uh, against Orlando. 
you know, that should be a game where, uh, yeah, I know we're, you know, we're down to the last three games at that point, but that should be a game where Casey, Casey starts experimenting with some stuff because as, as great as the rotation is, uh, or has been all season, um, it, 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 you think it has to tighten up, uh, come, come playoffs. It, it just has to. Well, well, there's something. Do you think that Coach Casey's going to run, continue to run this 10 man rotation? He's been pretty adamant on it. Um, Versus the Cavaliers, or versus Celtics, uh, most recently the Raptors kind of gave OG and Anobi the Keith Bogans, where they started him and then never put him yeah. back in. I was um, going to say that or the Rafael Rujo treatment. There's <laughs> another guy who who used to do that. starts starts each half and then never sees the never sees the floor again. Yeah. Um. Do you expect them to continue this ten deep rotation? To To be honest, I I kind of wish, and this is no offense to him, he's had a great season. I I think that you I would rather tighten it up and play and if you're gonna just start OG and not play him, just don't don't start him. Might as well play CJ Miles, rotate DeMar can play small forward and then rotate your guards in. That at least gets you to nine. Um I don't know. What do you yeah. think they're gonna do? Like I, I honestly I haven't even really made up my mind uh, as far as as far as what they're gonna do. I mean my 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 one thing about the bench is as great as they've been in the regular season, you know, they're, they're not playoff tested. Uh, you know, what, what does that mean? Um, you know, how are they going to come out? Uh, how are they going to come out in the playoffs? I think, you know, at, at the NBA playoffs is so much about how far your stars can take you. I mean, yes, you need contributions from everyone, but the Raptors are only going to go as far as, you know, Lowry, DeRozan, and, and Ibaka. Uh, take them um, in terms of how the how the rotation shakes out I mean I, I'm kind of with you about the whole OG thing you know it comes a point where you're like okay you know is this can we really still start him or do we have to look uh, look at something else is it is it Norm is it CJ uh, you know CJ is another guy who he, you know he's got to get his shot going um, if, if he go if he fall if he goes cold come the playoffs uh their uh, their three point attack is in big trouble. Yeah, and, um, and so, he struggled of late. So, oh, he's been he's been just he's been uh, he's been downright awful. Uh, you know, not not pulling any punches because I think he would probably agree with that assessment. He just uh, he just hasn't been dialed in. Uh, you know, a, a lot of guys. I mean, Lowry really hasn't been dialed in from three. Uh, OGs, you know, hit and miss. I mean, honestly. The guy who's looked the best shooting threes over the last couple games has been Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was uh, struggling for a stretch, and now he's played great as of late. He's he's been he's been great. He's been he's been absolutely great. Um, you know, they're gonna need him to be what Kevin Love is uh, for the Cavs. You know, he's gotta hit. He's gonna get open shots with 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 defense with defenses focusing on uh, on Demar and Kyle. Uh, and, and he's got to make shots. Um, so, you know, uh, you, you got, you got Damari, you got Kyle, you got Serge, you got JV. I mean, those four guys are starting. And then how, how Casey elects to go small forward, um, I think that's going to be very matchup driven. I think you could see, uh, CJ start. I think you could see OG start. I think you might see Norm start. Um, you know, heck, I, I, I don't, I haven't even checked, and you might actually know. I, I, even, even Malcolm Miller at times this season has looked, uh, 
has looked good. You know, uh, it's it's Jack Armstrong always says, you know, your only loyalty is to winning. So mm-hmm. Casey has to basically look and go, hey, wh- which guy out there that's given given me the best chance to win? Uh, if it's not OG, well, you know, it's not OG. Uh, it's, I'm just happy we don't have Damari Carroll anymore. Let me end on that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think CJ Miles, the reason he's so important is this team is kind of not starved. They're not desperate for shooting, but they could just use a little bit more. Oh, I agree. That's why during buyout season I was hoping for Bellinelli is he, he adds a bit of shooting. I think the three position, if they could get a lights-out guy there, it would be huge for them. They have a I bunch agree. of good shooters and and a bunch of okay shooters. Sabaka's okay. You have to respect him. JV, you have to guard a little bit, but those three-pointers that he takes, it's not like, you know, the level of difficulty is, oh, JV's out there. I ha- I guess I have to go guard him. He takes forever to wind it up and shoot it, Yeah, which is fine. You don't need much more out of him, but it's not like he's a th- He's not a feared threat beyond the arc by any means. So no. you have that, and I wish they got they had a touch more shooting. Um, I think that's part of why the zone kind of stymied them so much. I was surprised mm-hmm. it did um, just because I, of all coaches you think, I think of Coach Casey as because of that Mavs series, and he was the guy that implemented that uh, zone against LeBron when he – was assistant coach for the Mavs. I thought he was the, Mavs, the guy yeah. who would be able to figure out how to stop this zone. But, uh, I mean, I guess you have variation. You have to rely on shooters. Looking back at that game, I, the Warriors I was sh- below 25% from three. So it's hard to break a zone if you can't outshoot it. Well, ex- and uh, exactly, right? I mean, that you, you can you can only do so much against the zone defense. But, uh, you know, the the way to break it is got to make your shots. And, you know, I don't have the the numbers in front of me, but you know, you if if you've watched, which I know you have, the last you know few games, I mean, you can you can just keep counting the amount of open shots the Raptors get, and they just don't stick them. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you just you have to make open jump shots. I mean, JV's JV's th- adoption of the three has been great at all, but you know, he's still open for pretty much every one he takes, and there's a reason why he's open. <laughs> because teams are basically going take it, man. Yeah. If 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 that's how the Raptors are going to beat us with JV threes, then you know so be it. Uh, but I mean, you can go down the list, uh, and you know that they they've they've taken more threes, which is great. They had to. They absolutely had to take more threes this year. But you know, you take them, you got to make them. And they're I think they're top five in the league in takes, and they're in the bottom half in makes. So. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's not a place you want to be, uh, and and like I said, I think every player on the Raptors to a man uh, needs to make more threes uh, than they have been recently. Yeah, I uh, I agree for the most part. Let's switch gears here and move talk about the Cavaliers game. Uh, to me, much more disheartening than their first loss. This game, you didn't get a superhuman effort from LeBron. I mean. You did, but you got normal LeBron superhuman effort. Yeah. And he turned the ball over. He turned the ball over. <laughs> he turned the ball over. He had 27 points, was greater than 50% shooting. But for LeBron, I mean, that's a typical night. Kevin Love came back. Um, I'm not, I think that was his first game back. Maybe it was his second. He played phenomenal. Um, he, he seems to tear the Raptors up. Jordan, what was your biggest – what were your thoughts on this game? To me, this one was – 
this was a trouble game to watch for. Them. Oh, a hundred percent it was. Um, you know, actually to to kind of to somewhat tease uh, my my piece on LeBron. You know, the, trying to stop LeBron, you, you you have to you have to pick your poison. You basically have to go all right. You know, we're gonna let you score, or we're gonna let you create for all your teammates. And the last two victories, uh, the, the first one obviously he was superhuman, but he kind of beat the Raptors both ways uh, in a way. Um, and, and I still maintain the, the best way to beat LeBron is to try and turn him into a scorer, is to make him score and not allow him to facilitate for his teammates. Um, you know, looking at, you know, looking at the three point uh, percentages for the starters in the, in the one twelve one Oh six victory, you know, Jeff green two for five, LeBron went three for six, Kevin love went four for six, Jose Calderon went three for five. I think the game before he was, you know, perfect. Um, you, you just, you have to, uh, I don't know. Um, you have to get up on LeBron and, and force him, force him to, in, into being a jump shooter. I think at times the Raptors get up a little too, too close to LeBron. They almost get sucked into, you know, sucked into the game he wants you to play. Whereas, uh, you know, as scary as a, as a, thought as it might be, you know, back up, make him a jump shooter. Uh, I think teams have to live with LeBron James as a jump shooter. Uh, and if, and if he beats you that way, well, you kind of have to tip your cap to him. But, uh, I do agree with you that, uh, this most recent defeat was, uh, was definitely cause for concern. I, it comes down to, I think the Raptors are a better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers. I also think the Cavaliers are a terrible matchup for the Houston or for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I I think Kevin Love really bothers the Raptors as far as he makes JV play at the perimeter, but he's stout enough inside that he kind of stymies JV down mm-hmm. in the post. And I and the Raptors' best option to guard LeBron is probably OG Ananobi, and that's a rookie, so take that with a grain of salt. I I really think that this is a tough matchup, and it's kind of ironic because you knew this was the team that you had to get yeah. through, and I get you're still not built to beat them, and it's it's tough. I'm not saying I'm not saying throw in the towel. The season's done. No, but I I do think that this is a tough matchup for the Raptors. I think that well, this is someone that they just for whatever reason be the front court spacing, and also the fact that you don't have really a LeBron stopper. It's, that, it's well, that, I think that's the big thing. And I, and I think that's, that's the fact that they don't have a LeBron stopper, which, you know, let's face it. I mean, we can kind of go down the list of, you know, I think once you get past Kawhi. No, uh, yeah, there's know, no stopper. Kevin, the no. Celtics have, at least the Celtics say, hey, we can throw Jalen Brown on you. Hey, we can throw exactly. Jason Tatum. We can throw no. Morris. Exactly. I mean, I, I also think, too, you know, OG and, and Siakam are, are great defenders, but I mean, they're, they're not stopping LeBron, and I don't want to sound like a crybaby, but they also just don't have the clout with the refs to even allow them to body up LeBron at all. Like, you know, if you've watched them defend him, I mean, they get whistles, uh, you know, fairly early on. Um, so I think that also hurts them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they the, the fact that they have very little at their disposal to slow down LeBron, put so much pressure on their offense 
to to perform pretty much perfectly and that goes back to what we talked about making open shots like they the the level of the level of offensive toughness the raptors have to maintain to beat cleveland is is scary and i mean they scored 100 what 139 points and still lost is that not was that not what it was yeah correct me if I, 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 I yeah. think so i think it was 139 142 140, yeah so i mean like that's terrifying that's that's honestly terrifying as a Raptor fan, um, because they, they really don't have the means to stop LeBron other than to outscore him, which I don't know if they got enough in the shooting department to do that over the course of a seven-game series. So, And to, to your point on Pascal and OG, when you see Pascal guard LeBron, a lot of times you see him commit, and Pascal still... And there's no one that is more on the Pascal train than I am, but he still has these <laughs> these dumb fouls where LeBron yeah. gets him up in the air and he jumps into him, and he's just LeBron's so smart, and Pascal is just he's he's so full of energy that sometimes yeah. he gets reachy. But I think whoever's guarding LeBron, if you're Casey, you have to say to OG and Pascal, if you fall out, you fall out. I don't I don't particularly yeah. care whatever you're replacing OG and Pascal with. There's not that much of a drop off. You just have to do what you need to do to guard LeBron. But if he's getting to the line consistently, then he's getting 14 points there. You know he's going to get a couple. Like it's just you put yourself in a tough spot. I think Kevin Love also creates some matchup problems. But yeah, I I mean, well, I, I think you know basically I think he can take Serge. He can take Serge outside a little bit, and then if you try and put a mobile defender on him like Siakam. Uh, or, you know, Pirtle, I think he takes either one of those guys down low. Um, and, you know, so he absolutely is a, is another kind of uh, problem matchup for the Raptors. Whereas, you know, here we are talking about all the matchups, and then, you know, what matchup problem does Toronto really throw at Cleveland? Uh, J- JV? The, it kind of goes back to JV. I mean, Tristan Thompson's not stopping JV. No, I, I, I don't. I don't believe. And that, I think what they've done in the past is they've thrown Kevin Love on JV, and he's he's not stopping him, but he's at least strong enough in the post. That, yeah, you know what I mean. He's stout enough that he he at least. The question for the Raptors are: Is are you just going to scrap your whole offense? I guess to go to JV and run post ups? No, you don't want to do that. So then you run him in this pick-and-roll game, and he's going to score, but he's not going to score as efficiently as Le- – if you're going to play one-on-one, you can run that with JV, but he's not going to score as efficiently as LeBron on OG is no. your point. So. No, exactly. And, and that could, and I, I'm interested to get your point point of view on it. Like, do you not find that, uh, like, you know, they're when, when they're guarding LeBron, they're right up in him. And, and I, I just wonder sometimes, like, just back off of him. Yeah. Just just uh, g- give him some space. Yeah. Like I'm, I I just just give him some space and like I said, you know, get a hand up, but I mean, you know, when you're crowding him and you're right in his hip pocket, you're just asking to be screened. Uh and you know, once once LeBron loses you and now you're trailing on, I mean, it's it's literally game over. It's game over and he's, you know, at the foul line. It's just a matter of whether he's going to dunk it or or hit hit one of the three wide open shooters. Well, um I think you can get up in him if you're playing a lineup where your big man is able to hedge out onto the pick and roll. So when you have JV out there, you can't get up in him because you're relying on your big man to allow yeah. you to go over the screen. So you can do so. 
so when the big man hedges, you're able to go over the screen, and then your big man has to be able to get back to the opposite post. When you do that with someone like Serge Ibaka, I don't have a problem with you getting up in him if he's playing the center, um, because then you at least prevent LeBron from getting uh, kind of ahead of steam rolling downhill. But when you got JV, he's not going to hedge, and you're going to pro- or he's going to hedge, but he's not going to hard hedge. And, yeah. And basically, Coach Casey prefers JV to do a, a big soft drop. And I think that you want to go under the screens and just if LeBron takes a shot on a screen, takes two dribbles and pulls into a three, then you live with it. Um, I think the Raptors have been so kind of torn, and you saw this especially in um, the sweep where they either are set on, we're going to lock down the paint and allow shooters to kill us, or we're going to stick to shooters and allow the Cavs to just run rampant in the paint. And I think there's a middle ground, and especially when you're guarding LeBron, I agree with you. Um, unless you're going with a small, funky lineup that can really hedge hard or perhaps even trap the ball handler, I think that you need to play off, go under picks, and kind of play more to the staples. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, if I was more confident in, in the Raptors' you know, long-range shooting, I would, I would you know, be, be inclined to, to give them the paint. And, you know, do the old, all right, we'll trade two for twos for threes. Um, but again, you know, can the Raptors shooting, uh, hold up? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Another thing that we haven't talked about that I'm sure, I'm sure you're in agreement with is, you know, the, the Cleveland isn't a good defensive team. I was like, I think they're third worst in the league in defensive rating. And yet the, 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 the frequency in which Toronto, the starters, look to run on Cleveland uh, is alarming. You know, yeah. they, they I find they walk the ball up the court too much. Like, well, and you know, their weaknesses, uh, their weaknesses, particularly transition defense. Exactly. Absolutely. Like that's why off off misses and and even off makes. You know, every Raptor should just be getting out, getting out and running. I mean, otherwise you're you're going up against a set defense uh, that. You know, uh, while while you know, far from the best in the league, uh, is set. And you know, LeBron, uh, assuming OG is starting, LeBron doesn't even look at OG in the half court. He's just roaming around. Mm-hmm. So now you're facing a set defense with a you know a roaming LeBron, which which is 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 hard to crack. Um, so I think they could also ease the pressure on their uh, on their defense and offense if they look to. They look to get out and transition a little more, and you're making LeBron run in the in the meantime, which is uh, which can't hurt. I mean, he's going to be playing 42 minutes uh, come playoff time, so you're not going to get a lot of uh, you know no LeBron looks if you wind up playing Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And the Cavaliers' defense, like you said, is it's not good, but since the trade deadline, um, they're 17th in defensive rating, so it's okay. it's riven up to average at least. It's, yeah. But the thing is that also, I mean, when you look at the bottom teams here, it's the Knicks, Nuggets, uh, I guess the Nuggets aren't, but a lot of those teams below them uh, just aren't trying to win games. So when you got guys yeah. like the Hawks and like those teams are just Operation straight Tank. up. When you, there are a couple playoff teams below them, but I think for Cleveland, if they get an engaged LeBron, that 17th comes up to somewhere around 13th because I don't think he particularly cares yet. Um, about defense, but yeah, I think they're more of an average defensive team. Yeah, um, well, and was, but that's it wasn't still, it last year still their weakness. It, 
Yeah, it wasn't it last year, or it might have been the year before, where everyone was making a big deal about, you know, no team had made the finals, uh, you know, with uh, with such a poor defensive rating as Cleveland was showing in the regular season. Everyone was just clamoring on, clamoring on, and Cleveland ended up making the finals. So you just hit it right on the head, you know. The, the numbers, you can only trust the numbers so much because, like, in a way, LeBron really hasn't even started caring yet. Yeah, I think, I think the numbers <laughs> apply to them in a way that's different than they apply to everyone else. Yeah, and, well said. Uh, I, I I read 538 a little bit, which is Nate Silver's site, and he had predictions on the NBA Finals last year, and he even put in a disclaimer that I just wanted, I would throw out every single one of the Cavs' predictions and everything like that just because you can tell that this team doesn't care for stretches of games, and I think that it's it's funny to see people get worked up over the regular season and then by the end, I think most people, when the playoffs come around, they're like, oh, yeah, it's LeBron. So forget everything that we set up for the prior four months. No, I uh, I, I would be inclined to agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, you can only, you know, we're all talking about, you look at all the, the hoop raw we're making with the different statistics of the Raptors uh, and, you know, what that means. Meanwhile, uh, any number uh, associated with Cleveland, uh, once game 82 has been played, you can literally throw all of those numbers out the window because they mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, because Cle- uh, you know, LeBron, LeBron lives to play games, uh, games 83 and beyond. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of where his head's at. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Cavaliers, I'm not yeah. sure if you've seen just, um, just a little bit ago, it was announced that Jeff Green will be starting for the playoffs and throughout the rest of the season. Um, and the Cavaliers are going to run the front court lineup of Kevin Love and Jeff Green. What is Kevin it? Love at center? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I, Looking at NBA.com, they have Jeff Green listed as the center. Oh, okay. okay. But I, I'm guessing, depending for the Cav- for the Raptors' purposes, I'm guessing Kevin Love would guard JV. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm assuming that the Cavaliers will kind of do – a game by game, matchup by matchup, and I'm guessing LeBron will also be the main rim protector in this group, and they'll mm-hmm. give him the weak matchup so he can kind of roam defensively and be as impactful as possible. Um, what are your thoughts on Jeff Green playing and them deciding to scrap Tristan Thompson or even Larry Nance Jr.? Uh, well, you know what I mean. That right there, I mean, we were just talking. We were just talking about JV, and you know, Kevin Love and Jeff Green uh, front court does not bode well for for JV. Um, so, you know, uh, on one hand, on one hand, I'm I'm almost looking, going, okay, so if that's going to be the lineup, and they're going to use LeBron as the main rim protector, do you explore, you know, a CJ Miles starting CJ at the small forward? Because now you're basically going, all right, LeBron. Uh, you know, leave CJ at your own discretion. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, and then you can start getting a little too cute, and it's it's like okay. Uh, you well, know, and we Dara... just we just talked about Casey being reactionary, and I agree with you. I would probably start CJ's to do it, but we just talked about how he reacts exactly. to other lineups, and now we're telling about how we would react to another lineup. So exactly. <laughs> no, I know. Um, no, I mean that's that's that's. This is what we've, you know, been talking about all these, all this time. Is you know, they're the, the Raptors are, are a better, I, I believe, to be a better team than Cleveland. But Cleveland just presents them with so many matchup issues. Yeah, uh, and I think Jeff Green uh, doesn't. 
I don't think that helps the Raptors in any way. I think, again, I think that Nance is probably the better player than Jeff Green, but I think Jeff Green is a tougher matchup for the Raptors, and I think that... Well, and Green's a shooter, right? I mean, Green is, uh, you know, uh, he's, I mean... First of all, apart from just being an absurd value signing for Cleveland at like two million bucks or whatever it was, um, but uh, you know, uh, Green basically completes that you know lineup that no one in the league, with the exception of Golden State, can seem to cover, which is you surround LeBron with four shooters, uh, and you know he's the four shooter. He's a better shooter than Larry Nance, and uh, you know obviously a better shooter than Tristan Thompson. Um, yeah, and do you think? Um... Do you think? What do you think the chances are that they just scrap Tristan Thompson from the rotation? I think if I was Cleveland, I'd be real tempted to just say, "Man, I'm I'm going with the rotation. My three front court guys I'm going to rotate in are going to be Kevin Love, Jeff Green, Larry Nance Jr., and then I'll shift LeBron to power forward some. But like Tristan, come back next year. I mean, I maybe well, use him if you have to, but I want to try to keep him consistently in the rotation." Um, over ahead of guys because they're going to have to trim down the rotation here unless they're going to run a 10-man rotation they had their starting five I think I still would want Corver and J.R. Smith and Clarkson all in my rotation ahead of him so that makes it nine I mean I I if I were them I would seriously consider at least matchup by matchup scrapping oh, yeah. Justin Thompson from the rotation completely yeah I, I think I think you know Thompson is I think Thompson is in a lot of way like JV is his, his minutes are, you know, driven by matchups. Um, and I think by leaving Thompson out of the rotation against Toronto, you're in a way, um, you know, nullifying, like in a way you're, you're nullifying JV because basically if there's no Tristan Thompson, it means there's more Kevin Love, there's more Jeff Green, uh, there's more Larry Nance. Uh, and you know, none of those guys are good matchups defensively for JV. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I can see that it's, it's an expensive, uh, it's an expensive, uh, uh, guy to have on your bench. I mean, no, for sure. I, and I don't think versus everybody they would scrap. No, I was playing the Raptors. I think any minutes that you put Tristan on the court, the, it allows the Raptors to play JV. Yeah. And I'd rather take them both off. If you're the Cavaliers, because I think that JV is just a better player than Tristan. Could you? What do? What is your? Um, what is your assessment of uh, of uh, Noguera, of Lucas Noguera? I mean, I, I feel like every time he's out there, I'm I'm finding myself going. He's playing well. Yeah, I think he's every someone, every single time. Every I think he's someone that he, the Raptors aren't going to be able to resign. But I've talked about how I think that he's going to be a great signing somewhere else. And it stinks that we have two guys ahead of him, and I think that both of them are better. But, yeah, I think whenever he steps on the court, I get excited. He's someone, whenever he checks into the game, I'm happy. So I think that means something. Um, versus Cavaliers, I, to be honest, I would like to see him out there versus Cavaliers some because well, he I, is athletic, yeah. he is a rim deterrent, and he's going to pick up a couple fouls against LeBron. But, man... At least he provides something in the way of rim protection against LeBron, and he also provides oh, yeah. something as far as pick and roll coverage. Could could you not see him taking uh, taking minutes away from uh, Pirtle and or uh, JV? Uh, well, in, no, in... I could. I it would be I... really bold 
by Casey, and I don't. I think it's, I don't think it's really it, I, in his repertoire. In but his it, nature. I, it, yeah, it's not in his nature. But I, I would almost if you say you hop down two games, and I'm not expecting that, but say it happens, I would almost think about scrapping JV altogether and just being like, hey, we'll use you in another series, and you go to a Pirtle Nagara lineup, or at least you got to rotate Nagara and see how he's playing in there. Um, looking at the Celtics matchup from Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. The he played more minutes than JV did. So I mean, you're talking your biggest game of the season. They played Lucas Nagara more than your starting center. Maybe it's not out of the question. No, exactly. And and that's where you know I I, I think the Raptors are going to have it. The Raptors are going to have a decision. Uh, to make this off season, I think regardless of how their their season ends, um, over uh, you know Nagara or Nagara or JV, I know one's a lot cheaper than the other, and there's a whole other you know there's a bunch of circumstances, a bunch of stuff to play out. But uh, you know, I, I I still don't think the uh, the the ship has sailed on you know parting ways with JV. No, uh, you know over over bit. someone over someone like Bebe. Uh, you know, Bebe just needs to stay healthy, uh, which is which has been uh, difficult for him uh, to this point in his career. Yeah, the problem with trading JV is the teams that will want him, he's not that young, so trying to trade him, you would presumably trade him to a contender, and then any contender you trade him to would basically have the same problems as um, – is the Raptors have where he struggles playing against elite competition, the Cavaliers, Golden State yeah. Warriors, can you keep him on the court against them? No, exactly. Oh no, I I, 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 I don't I fully expect it not to be a, an easy sell. Uh it's it's just you know, I, I don't think you know, he's had a great year. I think I was I was coming more from the the spot that, you know, they were they were looking to trade him all um uh, all off season, you know, yeah. couldn't find a buyer, and he's he's had a great year this year. Um, yeah, so you know that's that's high in, instead yeah, of it's, selling it's low. In, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean the the league isn't full of idiots. The league the league knows full well what what his shortcomings are. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what the Kings are doing. I mean, you know, try to take advantage of a couple. The just maybe got a couple idiots left. So um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, as we kind of wrap up here, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on end of the end of the season awards. Um, I know we have a piece coming out that's getting your thoughts, but kind of where you think Demar will be All NBA and your thoughts on uh, Coach Casey. Uh so um, I actually I think I think Coach Casey should win should win the uh, the Coach of the Year. Um, you know I think what he's done. Uh, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I think what he's done with with the Raptors coming off of last season's disappointment, having a young bench that no one knew what to expect from, and seeing what they've been able to do, uh, I think he's uh, well deserving of uh, of Coach of the Year. Um, Brad Stevens is as well, but uh, um, uh, like I, you know, for the reasons I just listed, I I believe Casey to be most deserving. Um, and then as for Demar. Uh, you know, the, just the fact he's in the MVP discussion is great. Uh, he's not going to win it. Um, I, I love him, but he doesn't deserve to win it with all the uh, all the other great seasons uh, going on. Um, if you were asking me, I would literally say give it to LeBron every year. Uh, but 
you know, and and honestly, you know, I I would debate someone I, until the end of time that you know he he doesn't deserve it year in and year out. I mean, James Harden has been phenomenal. But, uh, you know, you can't tell me that the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the team they are today uh, if you swap LeBron and James Harden. They're, they're, I, I know that's maybe a stupid hypothetical in some minds, but uh, the, LeBron impacts the game uh, unlike anybody else. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's my little sidebar on that. Uh, in terms of DeMar's All-NBA... Um, Oh, I'd love. I, I think he winds up on the second team uh, versus the first, and I think that because uh, I think to a lot of people his game still lacks uh, a flair and sexiness to it, uh, and I think you know that hurts him in debates that such as this one. Yeah. Uh, you know that's that's kind of kind of where I am on that. I, 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 I believe his skill set makes him a, a, an all NBA first teamer, but I, I don't know. I just, I think, uh, I think his, uh, his style of play um, is, is, I don't know, uh, in to some eyes boring. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that, uh, and I think for that reason, he might, uh, he'll probably wind up on like, you know, the second team. I, I he think better, he would be he, on my second team. Um, yeah. In fairness, I think, the thing about Demar is, Demar's great, and I don't want to take anything away from him. If you took him off the Raptors, I still think they're probably. Um, yeah. I look at guys like, and you know, I don't want to just do the you take him off thing because that kind of penalizes people for having good teammates. You take Fair. KD off the Warriors, they're still good. That doesn't make KD not freaking awesome. Um, I think he would. I would put Damian Lillard. I think just this, the way he's kind of taken Portland to the next level and. Um, He's had kind of a mini slump here, but I still think he would be on my first team ahead of DeMar and then obviously James Harden, uh, oh, uh, first-team All-NBA. Um, coach Casey, I he's my coach of the year as well. I think he, I've kind of – I used to be a hardline, oh, you have to give it to Coach Casey. I've kind of backed away on that. I think what Brad Steve, what Quinn Snyder's done in Utah is in Utah. unbelievable looking at how bad – they were and how they looked like they just were dead in the water and if they end up with the three seed that's gonna yeah. even um even even what's his face his name's escaping me but again i know he's got a good team but um in philly is it brett brown brett brown yeah the yeah i mean he's 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 done yeah. he's done phenomenal uh, from... obviously again with the with a with a good squad but yeah i mean they, they've been the laughing stock of the league for yeah. for years, and now they're, you know, arguably the hottest team going into the playoffs. Yeah, they, so, they might grab the three seed. If they grab the three seed after attempting to lose the past couple seasons, I mean, that's amazing as well. And you're playing with a rookie, Ben Simmons, a guy who's essentially a rookie in Joel Embiid. Dario Saric has been in the league for a couple of years, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking to your best players are all young guys. And, all young guys. And yeah, so I think coach of the year, I think this is one of the best coach of the year I can remember there's so many good candidates this season um, more than I I've remembered in past years. And it's funny. D'Antoni isn't getting any things and his team integrated a hall of fame point guard um, with the MVP playing is going to have the first overall record. And he's not even, I don't think he's mentioned in most people's top three. Well, I don't, I don't, I, the, and McMillan too. So 
have well, Mike, and you know, and 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 again, you know, we 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 just named how many coaches uh, in the coach of the year discussion, and we didn't mention Steve Kerr. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and you know, I, I know he's got you know a hell of a team, or pop. but or, or 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 pop exactly. I mean, pop has you know basically been missing half of his team in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he doesn't know where he's training. He doesn't know what's wrong with him. He doesn't really know anything. Um, and yeah, he just, he still plugs along, but you know, like back to Kerr, I mean, that's pe- people, you know, say, oh, you know, if a coach has a great team in a way that disqualifies them from coach of the year, um, or, or hurts their chances. But you know, how many times have we seen coaches been given, you know, star players and they can't manage them and they start, you know, basically acting against the coach and, you know, he's been able to just keep those guys dialed in, keep them focused, deal with injuries, you know, at different points in the season, at one point they were missing all four of their big guys. So, you know, it, it's it's. But back to what you said, you know, this this is a very very interesting year for Coach of the Year because there's so many options and so many ways of looking at it. Um, uh, and with all that said, uh, I choose to look at it one way, and that's Dwayne Casey should be a Coach of the Year. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, just okay. Last thing. Um, yeah, man. As we get ready here for the playoffs, Raptors are one seed. There's pretty much three options, I think, for the eight. Maybe mathematically there's only three options at this point. It's the Wizards, Bucks, and uh, the Miami Heat. Which team do you want to face the most? I want to face the Milwaukee Bucks the most because I, I don't find them to be a team that, like, just – has has figured it out yet and I, I don't i don't know if you know what i mean by that i actually barely know what i mean by that but no, they, they're i just poorly coached I, yeah they're, they're poorly coached and i just i just i think they're missing something miami with wade uh i think they can beat you up um and you know while i think the raptors would would eventually prevail in that series i think they would get banged up doing so um and Washington, I've just been taught to never wish Washington for anything because they'll just come in and sweep you like they did what, two years ago or two or three years ago. I I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to wash that memory out of my brain entirely. But um, uh, no, I, I would say I would say Milwaukee uh, would be my uh, my most favorable matchup in round one. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I talked about this with Josh Everly of Hoop Meg and – we talked about it, and man, the Bucks—they just—they leave you wanting so much more, man. They just—they have so many long, athletic bodies, but they suck at oh. defense, and they have all this talent, and they should be like this transition nightmare and the switchy athletic team that's given problems to everyone, and they have a six foot eleven alien on their team, and I just—it really stinks that they aren't better. But like you said, they're not. Um, I they still scare me a little bit more than the Miami Heat. I think just because they've been pretty good when Giannis is on the court, and I think during the playoffs they're just gonna say screw it and play him forty six minutes a night, and just good luck. Just deal with Giannis for forty six minutes. And when it comes to the playoffs, I usually go back to that one singular talent, um, and they have that more than anyone. So um, well, I mean, and we. 
ahead. Yeah, no, I, I will know. I was just going to say, you know, we've, we found that out and we were kind of talking about it is, you know, the Raptors more often than not are the best team, but when was the last time the Raptors had a, had a series in the playoffs where they had the best player? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've run into Indiana with Paul George. They've run into, um, uh, you know, Milwaukee with Giannis. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have the better team, but when you don't have the best player, it makes things harder. Uh, it makes things exponentially harder. So definitely a great point on uh, on that. And I'm not sure that they'll have if they play the Bucks in the first round. You can argue I, when he's on the court. I think Joel Embiid has surpassed Demar Derozan. To be frank, as far as who's a better player. Just, I, I I would agree. I mean, the impact he has on both ends of the court is unbelievable. So they mm-hmm. might not have the best player in any series that they play this year, which is it speaks to the team as a whole, but it's also it's a tough way to win a lot of playoff series. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Um, no, I, uh, I 100% agree. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're an oddly constructed team, uh, the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the sense that, you know, they're, they're going to wind up first in the East, but they, they, you know, you just said, you know, that the first place team in the East could go through the playoffs and never once have the best player in the series. So I, I think, I think that, that reality is what feeds, you know, the narrative that, you know, Raptors fans are constantly angry about. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, there's, there is, uh, you know, uh, there is some validity to it. Uh, and we just kind of outlined why. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, Jordan, it was great. Um, an oddly, yeah, thanks, thanks an oddly pessimistic, uh, oddly pessimistic podcast after the Raptors just clinched the number oh. one seed in the East. But it was it's fun because we know we know where it's going. We know yeah. where it's going. Now, but we still they can they can do it. They can oh, absolutely yeah. do it. It's it's just. Um, it's it's not a it's gonna be it's gonna be stressful it's gonna be stressful again and uh i love it <laughs> yeah um thank you jordan again uh guys make sure to visit raptures jordan has a piece coming out early next week regarding how to stop lebron um he's figured yeah, out fun. all the rest of these coaches haven't but jordan has um i've got it and you also find our raptors round table where we talk to our contributors about end of the season awards everything like that jordan thank you very much thanks a lot mike i look forward to doing this down the road again yep bye later Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.